From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Tapp, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Our guest today is Sean Mercer, District Manager at the Social Security Administration. We're pleased to bring you this program today. Sean's available to answer your Social Security questions, but get your calls in early. The phone lines really fill up quick. Uh, we'll also take any personal finance questions you have for us this morning. The phone number to call in your question is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 Or send an email to money at mpbonline.org. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Botridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Our guest today is Sean Mercer. He's the District Manager at the Social Security Administration. So if you have a question about Social Security, uh, don't wait to call. We usually get very busy with phone calls for Sean on these uh, Money Talks episodes, so uh, get your call in quickly if you have a question. And as always, we look for your personal finance questions as well. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. If you're not near a phone but need to ask a question, you can email the show. It's money at mpbonline.org. So good morning. Hope you're both doing well this morning. Good morning. Uh, financial news, I guess, uh, might uh, the president's recent uh, – threat, I guess, to uh, impose tariffs on, what is it, steel and aluminum? Uh, Yes, uh, that's what we're all looking at right now, and uh, we do have serious concerns about that because that often leads to a trade war. There will be retaliation, and we're hearing that uh, other uh, trading entities are targeting particular areas, not necessarily with steel or aluminum, but something else. And the problem that you run into is that when you try to uh, protect jobs in a certain area, you end up affecting all kinds of other things. And so you have to make decisions based on what is best for the entire group. I thought it was interesting. I heard that Europe supposedly was going to uh, target uh, Harley-Davidson, which is in Wisconsin, yeah. home of Paul Ryan. And bourbon and in bourbon. Kentucky. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So, that, so they, uh, they they're are being pl- very specific. Yeah, they're plugged in enough to know uh, what can hurt the most and have the most impact. Uh, any other financial news in the news? Well, I was just um, – Looking and it is the ninth anniversary of the bottom of the S and P five hundred. Wow! Uh, I'm not sure if it's wow. exactly today. I was thinking it was the end of February, but um, you know when it hit. Uh, can no. I say the number six 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 on <laughs> on public radio? You certainly can. Um, so it's and it's now at twenty seven something. So and I was just reading this morning that um, the earnings for the S&P 500 companies uh, are the highest that they've ever been. And so that's oh, they absolutely excellent are. news. Yes. So so that nine years ago, it was one of the most frightening, kind of the end of what should have been the most frightening period. And it's really... It was frightening. 
really come back um, since. And I also noticed uh, as we're watching housing and uh, having some concerns about a drop in housing uh, in existing home sales and new home sales and permits, at the same time, we're seeing a bump up in the number of first-time home buyers. So through this last nine years, when a lot of those younger people were hesitant to buy and start families and everything was slow, they were moving back in with parents because there were no jobs, suddenly they're starting to come out and make purchases. And that, that is good news. Mm-hmm. So on Money Talks this morning, we're looking for any social security, social security related questions you have for our guest, Sean Mercer, district manager at Social Security. But we also look for your personal finance questions as we do each Tuesday. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org if you have a question but can't get to the telephone. So, Sean, thanks for joining us again. Glad to be here, Kevin. Hope you all are doing well this morning. Doing well. Enjoying uh, some nice weather here the last couple of days, uh, although I think uh, it's supposed to turn cold uh, later this week. But, uh, you know, uh, and and it's chilly out there right now. Yeah. Yeah. Had a lot of rain here. Fortunately, I did not lose my power last night, but uh, it certainly was quite a quite a a thunderstorm here in, in central Mississippi. So, Sean, we've got some uh, questions lined up, but before that, I always know I always know that you always like to kind of let folks know about uh, the Social Security website, how they can sign up for it, and, and the information they can find there. So if you would tell us about that. Great deal. Yes, socialsecurity.gov. Always make sure it's .gov and not .net or .com. Any federal website that you're trying to go to, be it Social Security, Medicare, whatever the case may be, it's .gov. So in our case, socialsecurity.gov. Everything we're going to talk about today would probably be available there. Uh, the next big thing on the website for our listeners out there who don't have a My Social Security account, uh, that's a great thing to have. Even if you're not receiving benefits, you can log in, get your account, access your Social Security statement that used to be mailed to you every year. It is being mailed, but it's only in increments of five years. If you have your Social Security, My Social Security account, you can get that. Every year, real simple and easy, if you're already receiving benefits, My Social Security is even a better tool for those listeners out there because this time of year they can print out a 1099 that they've misplaced, they need it for taxes, they can change direct deposit, change their address, get a benefit uh, verification if they needed that for some reason. So a lot of things available that the public is demanding that they need from the website, not just during our business hours where we're all open 23 offices around Mississippi, but they want to be able to access that information 24 hours a day. Socialsecurity.gov is the way to do that. Sean, can they um, also change tax withholding through the uh, website? We're going to, they can print the form, and we're going to need to see that form because that is actually an IRS form that we're going to fill out, a W-4 form, I believe. But, uh, no, I do not think we can do that online yet. But they can fill that form out and send that, print that out, uh, send that to their local office, and change tax withholding if they would like federal income taxes held out of their Social Security check. And that's always a big question. We may even talk about that today on the show a little bit, especially this time of year. Is that Social Security taxes can be subject to federal income tax, and we're not the IRS. Don't have all the information there. We send out a 1099 to all our beneficiaries. And that's between you and your tax professional to determine whether or not you owe taxes 
only federal, not state taxes, on those Social Security benefits because it's a real complex situation there that we're not able to answer because are you filing joint return, single return, so forth and so on. So we advise you to speak with your tax preparer about that. You know, Sean, one reason why I asked uh, you to go over the website in the My Social Security is that, uh, you know, sometimes it takes several uh, mentions to get someone to do something. And I'll, I'll use myself as an example. You've been <laughs> on the show a number of times, and you're always saying that that's a good thing to do. And I thought, eh, and then finally I did. Ten years. It takes ten <laughs> years, Kevin, to get you to get on board. But I will say it was fairly simple to sign up for, and it is useful information. You know, even if it's just to kind of look back and say, wow, I, you know, when I was out of high school, I was only earning, you know, X amount of money or whatever. So it, it's kind of fun to look back on your career and see how you might have progressed uh, through your career and different jobs that you had. But it is a great resource. And again, if anybody that's thinking about, you know, beginning to plan for retirement, that's useful information that they could use as well. That is correct. And uh, we have recently added in the last several months one more verification tool that we want to make sure that we know we're speaking to Kevin on the other end of that computer and so we have asked for possibly a cell phone number or an email address to send a text code to so when you access your account you get that extra text code that you may put in so uh, we are you know very concerned that we want to make sure it is a safe and secure site because so many people here in Mississippi, about 40% of our retirement and disability claims are taken daily over the Internet. and That's a pretty high number for such a rural state, in my opinion. But uh, we want to make sure that the public feels safe and secure, so there's always added things in there. And when you're creating a My Social Security account, we may ask you about a prior car note or home loan because we want to verify with one of the credit bureaus that we are dealing with who we think we're dealing with. And then we also may get a verification for a cell phone number so that when you access that account, we send the information to there just to have you put in so that just one more step of safety in there. Very good. Uh, as I mentioned, it's going to be busy today. If you have a Social Security question or a personal finance question, give us a call. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Let's begin in Gulfport. Nick has the first call. Good morning, Nick. Go ahead, please. Hi, good morning. Um, my son, uh, he's eight years old. He has cancer. Um, we received Social Security um for uh, him. Um, my question is, he just completed his four years of chemotherapy treatment. Of course, he still has cancer. They're, you know, his counts are just stabilized now. Um, we've been asked from the Social Security office here in Harrison County to provide a list of all medications that he's taking and why he's taking them, kind of like a, I think it's like for a recertification. Um, he still takes the seizure medication. He still has fluid buildup on the brain, and we're trying to figure out um, because he finished his chemotherapy uh, course, are we in danger of losing um, his Social Security? Okay, Nick, uh, great question. And first of all, we need to clear up. I think your son is probably, if he's eight years old, receiving benefits, is probably receiving Supplemental Security Income, SSI, which is a needs-based yes. program that we administer here. And Oh, okay. So with anyone on disability, be it a child or an older person, there is always a medical re-exam. So no, you aren't in just danger per se, but we constantly check on people that are receiving disability. And for everybody that has a disability claim, there is a medical re-exam date 
that we go in. That may be four, five, six years. It may be over, you know, one year. But depending on your medical condition and your child's medical condition in this case, we're going to do a medical update. So just complete those forms, send all that back in, and then we have to, de- have to determine whether or not that individual, and we do this every day with all of our disability claimants, to determine whether or not they still meet the criteria for disability. So don't worry about that. Just send all that information in and let the medical evidence stand on itself for your child's condition. All right, Roger. Nick. Thank you so much. Yes, yeah. sir. Thanks for your call, Nick. Let's take a quick break. When we get back, we've got some phone lines filling up with questions for our guest, Sean Mercer, District Manager at the Social Security Administration. When one call drops off, that means the phone line's open at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 Back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We're visiting today with Sean Mercer, District Manager at the Social Security Administration. So if you have a Social Security question or a personal finance question, give us a call. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. As I say, usually it's very busy when Sean visits with us. Uh, so if uh, you are trying to get through and can't, uh, just listen. And when someone's call ends, that means that phone line is open and you should be able to call in and get your question answered. Uh, let's begin again in Gulfport. Richard's on the line. Richard, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Thank you. Uh, at age 62, I applied for and started drawing my Social Security benefits. After about three months, I realized the error of my ways. I repaid those benefits and stopped my Social Security. My full retirement age is 66. I'm 67 and a half now, and I am trying to determine what my benefits would be at my current age. But I've not been able to do that online, nor have I been able to talk with anybody at the Social Security office that could tell me what my benefits would be. Is there any way to find that out without actually applying for the benefits? And one office told me if I applied for them, whatever they were, that would be my benefits, and I had to take it at that point. Uh, No, sir, we should be able to tell you because the reason it's not letting you do it online is because of your delayed earned tax credits that you're receiving, which is approximately 8% a year over your full retirement age. But we should be able to do that over the telephone with your local office there in Gulfport and be able to give you an estimate of what those would be based on what your last earnings are that are posted, which would probably 2017 earnings are are probably posted, or if not, would be shortly there. So have you talked with someone in Gulfport? I have talked to two different. I've talked to somebody in Gulfport, and I've talked to somebody in Pascagoula, and both offices told me they did not have the capacity to tell me what my benefits would be. Okay, we don't have an office in Pascagoula anymore, but we do well, have one. Lost point. Lost point. Yes, sir. I say, okay, why don't we, uh, why don't you email your question in to MPB there and let me see if I can't get someone to help you there. If you'll email that in to the address that Kevin gives us over there, we'll see what we can do for you, sir. Richard. And, uh, may Rick- I have a second question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, Richard, are you trying to determine whether you should go ahead now or wait till 70? Yes, 
Okay, so that's why you're trying to find the exact number. Right. Now, the, the online calculator will tell me at 66, my full retirement age, what my benefits would be, and 67 and 68, 69 and 70. But if you fall between those those parameters, the online calculator won't tell you. There's no way to, right, and no that way is to key correct. that in. So if you'll email that in, sir, we'll see if we can get someone to help you with that. Okay. All right, Richard, did you have another question? I did. Okay, I go ahead. I received a letter from my, my CPA firm that handles all my taxes, advising that their data has been stolen. And, of course, that includes names, addresses, Social Security numbers, driver's license numbers, bank accounts, stock accounts, investment accounts, everything. Uh, is there any way to get a new Social Security number? Unfortunately, no. The only provisions that we have to, because you have a credit problem, you don't have a Social Security problem, is the way the agency views that. And we refer you to the three major credit bureaus to work on putting you know, holds on your account. And if you go to our website at socialsecurity.gov and look at Social Security fraud or Social Security number misuse, you can type that in the search engine. It'll bring up some little fact sheets and tells you how to get in touch with the three major credit bureaus to work with that. As far as Social Security, we don't change Social Security numbers. I've never seen it done. There are a few provisions, and you have to meet some very stringent uh, guidelines to be able to do that. And in 26 years, I've not had anyone that met you know, the severity to be able to do that. Even though you may have a problem and a severe credit problem, it's not a per se only linked to your Social Security number. There may be, as you said, bank account numbers involved and things like that. So uh, if you'll visit our website at socialsecurity.gov and type in the search engine uh, Social Security Misuse or Fraud, and look under there about uh, the three major credit bureaus. It'll give you ways to contact them and how you can go if you feel like you need to go that route as far as protecting your Social Security number. All right. Uh, thanks for the call, Richard. And our email is money at mpbonline.org. If you'll send us an email referencing that you spoke with Sean and you wanted to follow up, we'll see that Sean gets your information uh, and we you can go from there. Next up, we have got Mary, who's in Alabama, calling in today. Good morning, Mary. Go ahead. Good morning. Um, I've got uh, some money I'm wanting to give to my children, and I want to know how much I can give them in case I have to go to a nursing home that they can't be touched. Well, you can give them... Um on an annual basis, it's uh, around 14000 a year, which is the gift tax exclusion. Now, what if you're talking about being able to qualify for Medicaid for nursing home purposes, then anything that you've given away, there's a five-year look-back window. So um, the government could come back even after your passing and then go back on your estate and demand some of that back. So you have to be careful about uh, trying to basically protect some of your assets so that you can go on the government roles uh, as far as Medicaid is concerned. Well, is there anything that I can do to protect my money? Um, well, I, I mean, I would just say the reason you have your money is to give yourself protection at the end of your life. 
Right. And um, and I think the best plan is to have enough to cover those needs at the end of your life. Um, and what will happen with Medicaid, if you want to qualify, you do have to spend it down in order to then qualify for Medicaid and t- for a payment to a nursing home. All right. But uh, how, how can I spend it that they can't come back and take it? Well, the the issue is you would be spending it if you went to a nursing home. You would be paying your own bills until you had a need when you ran out of money. All right, Mary, thanks for your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're visiting today with Sean Mercer, District Manager at the Social Security Administration. We're looking for your Social Security and personal finance questions at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four, and we do have some open phone lines. Next up, we have got a uh, George in Poplarville. Good morning, George. Go ahead, please. Yes, I have a question for Social Security. Okay, I have a legal power of attorney to speak on behalf of a widow of a deceased veteran. They, the widow lives overseas in Ecuador, and she cannot visit a local Social Security office there. But he was a disabled veteran, and he was drawing disability pay from Social Security, and his two young children were also drawing a a check because he was disabled. And everything was fine until he died in May of 2017, at which time Social Security instantly stopped all payments to the children. And they have not reinstalled those payments to this day. It's almost a year now that the family has gone without any kind of payment whatsoever. I have gone to the local Social Security office about a dozen times. I've filled out all the forms on behalf of the the family, the widow, and the children. And the first thing that had to happen was we had to change and put the widow as the caretaker of the two children. We did that. And all of the forms have been filled out. All of the questions have been answered to the local Social Security office here back in November. And in the early part of December, we were told, I was told, that the case had gone to the Finance Center. And it has been sitting there since the end of November, 1st of December. And we cannot find anyone to talk to at the finance center to see if there's any problem that they have or any question that they have. And we do not know the status right now if they have any questions or glitches with uh, bank routing numbers or uh, we don't know. Uh, But the poor children have been there since May not receiving one penny. How can I elevate the case to a higher level than the, the local office to make sure that everything is, is functioning properly and that the children will be paid fairly soon. Okay. Thank you for your question. That's, boy, it's a complex one there because we are going to have to have a payment center or a finance center see about sending that money, especially since it's out of the country. If they are, the children, I assume, from your conversations are in Ecuador. But uh, if you can, just like our previous caller, email me some contact information and let us work backwards there to check and see what we can find out about that. The first thing that you mentioned was a power of attorney, 
which unfortunately Social Security does not recognize. So when you're dealing with someone on their behalf, even though you have everything set up out in the private sector to be able to conduct full business for that family, once it gets to Social Security, we have to have our own representative payee, which is similar to a power of attorney in the private sector, but until we have a representative payee established through Social Security, we're kind of going to be limited on what we can deal with you directly with. But we can deal with the the mother in this case, most probably by getting her uh, representative payee status updated there since the father has passed away. So a lot of hoops we need to jump through there and some things we need to do. But if you, you will get Kevin to give that email one more time to you, and if you'll email me some contact information, we'll work on that and see what we can work backwards and try to see where this case is, what maybe the holdup is, and see if those children are, in fact, due the continuing payments as survivors now on that deceased father's Social Security record. All right, George. So, again, the email address is money at mpbonline.org. If you'll send that an email to there, mention that you spoke with Sean and need a follow-up, we'll make sure that Sean gets your contact information. So thanks so much for your call. Let's press on. Next we have Anthony, who is in Jackson today and has a question. Good morning, Anthony. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Okay. My question is, uh, I guess I'm one of the last ones they're going to let retire at 62, and I'll be 62 in July. I'm just wondering how far do in advance, do I go in pre-rich? All right, good question, Anthony. And no, you aren't one of the last ones. The current reduced retirement age is age 62, even though the full retirement age has increased up to age 67, depending on your date of birth. Uh, yes, sir. But everybody can still retire at 62 if you're willing to reduce your earnings. And 90 right. days in advance is plenty of time for you to either oh, okay. file 90 days. or or call us. You don't have to visit a local office. I tell people really 45 days is plenty of time because let's say uh, that you turn 62 in June. Your first full month of eligibility then is July. That's the first full month you're 62. And if you're mm-hmm. due a payment, we're not going to send that payment till August. So by right, doing okay. 45 days in advance, we're really almost 90 or you know, we're due any payment for that month. So You'll be plenty of, plenty of time ahead to do that 45 days before your 62nd birthday. All right, Anthony, thanks for your call. Let's take another quick break. We're visiting today on Money Talks with Sean Mercer, District Manager at the Social Security Administration. We do have some open phone lines at one eight seven seven mpb ring one 672 7464 for Social Security and personal finance questions today on Money Talks. Back with more after this. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives. Ryder Taft is Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Today we're visiting with the District Manager for Social Security Administration, Sean Mercer. We do have some open phone lines if you have a question. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464. If you're not near a phone but want to email a question, it's money at mpbonline.org. Next on the phone, we've got Carol calling in from Jackson County today. Good morning, Carol. Go ahead. Hey, good morning. Um, the, what I'm calling about, my son uh, is 53 years old, and he had a stroke 
in 2016. He uh, lives with myself and my husband. My husband is 81. I'm 74. I actually drive a school bus every day. The reason he lives with us is he's not able to be at his home and, you know, take care of himself. He's on a lot of medicine. Uh, I filled out the first papers from Social Security two different times, and we were denied. He was denied. So after that, I just got frustrated. So he hired an attorney. So the attorney uh, finally, actually, last week, we had to go to Hattiesburg. He had a hearing before a judge there, and he she did not deny his case, but she wanted more information feeling that perhaps he might could work somewhere. He cannot he cannot function to work. Um, he, he had two letters from two different doctors stating this, and he's on just so much medicine. Anyway, we come out, I'm just devastated. We were. And the, I'll tell you this, the attorney told us, I didn't go in with him. I should have probably, but the attorney, after I called back to him, he said, I told you, you got the worst judge that you have got, could have gotten, and she only approves 9% of the cases she hears. So we're in limbo. We're still waiting. He has used his retirement, and it's very little left. He pays his own insurance, Blue Cross Blue Shield, and he buys his own medicines. And, but we take care of pretty much everything he eats and, you know, everything. So... That's my question is, uh, we're waiting to hear. And is there anything, any way that I have to take him to the brain doctor Thursday? Um, anyway, I just want to know. I'm just so shocked I actually turned to this station and got through to you this morning. We're devastated. We need help. Well, I'm sorry to hear about that. There are, you know, when we look at disability, disabilities are complex. You can take two individuals that have the same medical condition, and in this, this instance will use a stroke, and one individual does better than the other. With disability, they're looking at age, education, and or previous work history to see if there's anything that individual can do in the workforce, making at least minimum wage or more. So hopefully the judge is looking at some more medical or some more work information out there. I would encourage you to get with your attorney, and if you've got to go back to the to the doctor, make sure that all your medical evidence is up to date so that you, the attorney, which I'm sure he or she is very versed in looking at that and can, you know, maybe supply any medical information that can help with your case. Hopefully things will work out for you. If not, you can always reapply. Uh, unfortunately, disability is not a perfect, you know, answer every time there. All cases are different. We can't, without being there, know what the judge is looking at as far as the case. But I would work with your attorney to make sure that you have all your medical information, especially if you're getting ready to go back to a major doctor visit, that that is included in the in the information there. All right, uh, Carol, thanks for your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We've got some open phone lines. If you have a Social Security or personal finance question today, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. Next on the line, it's Roger from Florence. Go ahead, Roger. You're on the air. Good morning. Thanks again for what you're doing. And I, I've never heard a more articulate explanation of things concerning Social Security. So I'm sure proud that we've got 
I forgot my name, but Sean. he's working for the Social Security Administration, and that sure is encouraging. So thank you. Thank you very much for that. My com- It's a comment, and it has to do with the lady who called in worried about using up her assets, and she wondered what you could do to uh, because she's headed for a nursing home or maybe already in one. And I can't pass up the opportunity to encourage people. This really has nothing to do with Social Security, but it does have to do with your other topic. To invest in long-term health care insurance rather than go to my good friends who will sell you a trust which makes you look poor so that you qualify for Medicaid and the taxpayers have to pay your nursing home expenses. That's a moral outrage. The reason that I would tell my clients that I would not help them do that is that I cannot morally support that. There are attorneys, however, who morally have no problem with helping people, and they're doing it every day. It's part of our huge Medicaid uh, cost increase in Mississippi and all states, and it's because people can go to an attorney and set up a trust and put their land and their CDs and their uh, SUVs and all their assets in a trust, and five years later, they apply for Medicaid, and wink, wink, they're qualified. And then, of course, at the appropriate time, as their needs get there, the taxpayers pay. That's morally reprehensible. I, I, I appreciate the opportunity to voice my opinion as a former Chancery Court judge and lawyer, because there are lawyers, and they're good lawyers, and they are helping people, in my opinion, defraud the American public by setting up legal trusts whereby the beneficiaries, the family continues, and the individual continues to live in the same lifestyle that they have enjoyed because the assets are there. It's just that they're hidden. Okay, thanks for letting me vent. The honorable thing to do is to pay your own way as long as you can. My daddy did it. He used up all his assets, went to zero, and and before he died, I think he did get on Medicaid in a nursing home. But the point was he honorably spent every penny he had to pay his own way. Thank you. All right. Thanks for the call, Roger. I do think uh, making sure you're protected yourself, that you've accumulated enough assets for that uh, those last few years. Long-term care insurance is a great option. The problem is that a lot of people start asking me about that when it's too late. You know, when once you've reached into your 70s and 80s, it's going to be so expensive you can't afford it. The time to look for long-term care insurance is when you're in your 50s. Very good. Up next, uh, we have Zell, who's called in from Tupelo today. Go ahead, Zell. You're on the air. Good morning, and thank you for taking my call. I have a question for Sean regarding Medicare penalties. I have two sisters who say that they are charged a penalty each year because they did not sign up, and they don't know if it's what part of Medicare it is, Part D, or what it is. I have just started drawing. I'm still working full-time, but I don't want to be charged a penalty for not signing up or whatever it is on time. Can you help me with that and let me know what it is that I need to look out for? All right, good question there. And, yes, there are penalties for someone who does not take Medicare at, let's say, age 65. 
And in your case, you mentioned that you're working. And my next question would be, are you working covered by a group employer health plan? Yes. If you are, then you can go until retirement, until you stop working. Even though your health plan may continue, you have a window from when you stop working, and let's say you work until you're 71 and you stop, you need to contact Social Security immediately and apply for Medicare Part B. And B is in boy. B is in boy, yes, ma'am. Okay. And okay. then we would look, verify with your employer that you have been working, covered by the group employer health plan, and that is your kind of get out of jail free ticket. Because if not, if you think about it, no one would take Medicare until they all needed it at a later time in life. So if you had missed that opportunity, that's where people have penalties of 10% per year that they have waited, and a lot of times people are confused that I'm covered by a group employer health plan, so I don't need Medicare. There's two parts to that. Are you working and covered by the group employer health plan, or is your spouse working and covered by the group employer health plan? If not, you need to take Medicare at age 65. But we see people that are able to wait beyond that age 65 limit because they fall into that special category there, and the local Social Security office there in Tupelo can answer those questions for you very easily. But working covered by the group employer health plan, you do not have to take Medicare until you actually leave employment. Uh, Sean, uh, would you tell our listeners the window? I think it's, is it five months? It's, it's a, I tell people you actually have 90 days on either side of that date there to, uh, you know, to be eligible for Medicare. But I tell people, when you retire, the next thing we want to do is either right before you retire or right after you retire. We don't want to wait those 90 days. We want to do that within a day or two because Medicare is such an important issue for almost all of our listeners out there because it is health insurance. And when you're talking about that penalty of 10%, and let's just say you only are penalized 10%, that's 10% of whatever the current premium is that year, and that follows you till death. So even though there is a window on either side of your eligibility of whenever, let's say, you become age 65 or you officially retire and stop working 30 day, uh, 90 days before or 90 days after, I don't like talking too much about that. I would rather somebody, let's make sure we've got Medicare nailed down officially because I don't want to see that penalty there at all. All right, very good. We're visiting today on Money Talks with Sean Mercer, District Manager at the Social Security Administration. We need to take one final break. When we get back, we've got Jay and Wayne on the line ready for their questions and some open phone lines if you have a question. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 7464 Back to wrap up the program with your questions after this. The information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotter-Janderson, Associate Professor of Finance 
at Mississippi College and president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. We're visiting today with Sean Mercer, district manager at the Social Security Administration. Some time left and some open phone lines, so if you have a question today, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. Jay is on the line and he's driving through Mobile. Good morning, Jay. You're on the air. Good morning. How are you? And thanks for taking my call. First of all, God is good all the time. And I want to tell the lady who called about her son that had the stroke to just stay encouraged. Now, one thing I want to say is I'm a combat Marine and I know how on the state side, how Social Security can be. The VA a couple of years ago just made me permanent in total and I got all kinds of things happening with me. But uh, when I was 49, uh, Social Security told me uh, that, well, I'm not uh, quite 50 yet. And I thought that was appalling because I'm like, what does my age have to do with anything? If I'm broken down, I'm broken down. And then, of course, I have some uh, psychological issues. But my point is it's a shame that uh, civilians have to go through what they go through. And even more, when I come back from out of the country uh, from the war, I have to come back to the United States and deal with these people sitting behind the desk who talk about they don't have enough information. So I want to just tell the ladies, just hold on. And God can hear her prayers all the time and know what she's thinking. And forget these civilians that don't don't care about you and think that your son can just hold a piece of paper in front of Walmart and say, welcome to Walmart. That's ridiculous. Now, that's all I want to say. All right. We should uh, do better about taking care of the people here in the United States, and especially those who serve for this country. All right, Jay, thanks for your call. Let's uh, move on. Next, we've got Wayne called in from Gulfport. Good morning, Wayne. Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, in August of last year, I started receiving Social Security retirement benefits, um, and I I always do my own taxes, so I kind of put everything off. I accumulate all my paperwork because uh, because it's such a mind-numbing process. I kind of wait to to get things going here. So my question is, my Social Security benefits, which last year were just a little over five thousand dollars, this was a half a year. Uh, will those be taxable? Do I just look at the 1099 amount at some point on the tax form and it works its way in? Well, what we look at there, appreciate your call there, Wayne, but Social Security can be taxable, but it depends upon your adjusted gross income. So that's why we at Social Security can't really answer that question and would refer you to a tax professional because with you filing an individual return, somewhere between twenty-five and thirty-four thousand, you may have to pay taxes on your on your benefits. And so we send you the ten ninety-nine because we don't know about your other personal income. So I would suggest that you contact a local tax professional, and they could answer that when you just right off the bat and and tell you your answer there. All right, Wayne, we appreciate your call. Uh, next up, we have. Marcus in Mobile. Marcus, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. You're on the air. Ask your question, please. Um, I'm going to. I'm having trouble hearing you, so I'm going to ask the question and hang up. Okay. Um, I uh, have been drawing Social Security disability since 1991, and I also retired on disability from my income or from my job, and I drew a disability insurance policy from that, that's going to expire on when I turn age 64. Go ahead. We 
may have lost Marcus there, but I think what we can touch on there, maybe if I can think about where he was going with that, with him, an individual that is drawing disability and subsequently becomes full retirement age, they do not see a change in their benefits from Social Security. Now, on our Social Security records, they go from being disabled to being full retirement, let's say at age 66, but there's no change in benefits because, in this example from this caller, in 1991, he drew his full Social Security benefits based on what he had worked and paid in up until the point he became disabled. So there's no more money for him to draw. He did not draw a reduced payment like you would at age 62 or anything like that. So there's no such thing as a full retirement age disabled person. Once an individual reaches their full retirement age, he or she on our records becomes retired, even though they may have been drawing disability for the last 15 years, and there's no change in benefits. It does go back, however, to one of our previous callers that when we were doing the medical re-exam, once someone becomes full retirement age, there's no use in us spending taxpayer money to do a medical exam on them because even if they were miraculously re recovered and no longer disabled, they're still due, due their full Social Security retirement benefits, so we don't have to do that medical update on them. All right. Uh, we've got a couple of minutes left in the show and some open phone lines, so if you have a question, you can work one in before the top of the hour. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. Email the show money at mpbonline.org. And again, Sean, I think because it's so important, at the top of the hour, we talked about, uh, you know, the, the the best way to get in touch with Social Security and the, the, the website. So if you could give us some information again about uh, the Social Security website and my Social Security. Great. Again, our website, I can't stress that enough, is socialsecurity.gov and not .com or .net or .org. There are other sites out there that are private sites, that, but any government site is .gov, so socialsecurity.gov. And then, as we spoke of with the My Social Security account, that's a great thing for everyone to have to be able to look and estimate what their earnings might be. So there's a lot of different, different ways to communicate with us and the website is one. Also, calling our local offices, and I know our offices always stay busy. I always tell people, you know, Mondays are really, you know, very busy for Social Security, but say Tuesdays and Thursdays, we answer the phone lines till 4. Uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we answer the phone lines till noon on Wednesdays. So anytime, you know, middle of the month, middle of the week, middle of the day is maybe an easier time to call Social Security. We have so many people that call and say, well, man, I tried all, you know, morning long, and it was Tuesday after a holiday. And mm -hmm. so if we just kind of think about it, you know, our phone lines are really busy. Sometimes, you know, Friday afternoons at 2 o'clock are a great time to get to call your local Social Security office if it's not something that requires immediate attention. All right. If it is, you need to call immediately there. Very good. Let's see if we can get this last call in, and it's Kenneth in Jackson. Kenneth, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Hi, great. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, one quick question. I'm 66. I'm a retired veteran, and I've never used my Medicare at all. What I've always done is gone to the hospital. What I want to know is how does my Medicare work in conjunction with my TRICARE for life? Uh, usually with TRICARE, they make you file, and if I understand that correctly, Medicare would be primary and TRICARE would be secondary. But I'm not quite sure about that. Your medical provider could answer that specifically. 
What I do know is that because you are eligible for TRICARE, TRICARE makes you take Medicare. And so you do not have a choice. If you dropped your Medicare, you could lose your TRICARE. So we see individuals, and we try to stress to that to them all the time, TRICARE is going to make you pay, you know, make you take the Medicare there. All right. Kenneth, thanks for your call. Uh, just about to wrap things up, uh, if you didn't get your uh, question answered this morning, uh, you could email us, money at mpbonline.org. Let us know that you uh, tried to get in touch with Sean. We'll forward all those emails to Sean, and he'll be able to follow up on them for you. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. If you need to hear today's show or previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash talks. Our producer today was Java Chapman. So for Nancy Lodger Janderson, Ryder Taff, and Sean Mercer, I'm Kevin Farrell. Inviting you to stay tuned. Up next at 10, it's In Legal Terms. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio.